Hello and welcome to the very first episode of What We Talk About When We Talk About Tech, a podcast about the stories we tell about technology. In each episode, we'll talk to a different guest with a unique perspective on talking about tech. From marketing to journalism to developer relations, this podcast aims to give deeper insights into a critical part of the tech ecosystem, which is often overlooked. In this episode, however, we're going to discuss some of the ideas behind the podcast and why we're doing it. Perhaps the best place to start is with an introduction to who we are. So I'm Rich and I'm a tech writer and I'd like you to meet my co-host Jennifer. Yeah, I consider myself a tech storyteller. Uh, Tech is the future, except the future cannot always be easily explained to us lay folk. Mm -hmm. And I kind of do the translation for that. And then, of course, for Google, too, because that's how people are finding everything still. So yeah, I do the SEO, the social media, the employee branding, and especially just writing tech journalism. But it's because people need translation, I think, is what, where we come in, which is a harder sell sometimes. So Rich, yeah. what about you? Tell us your background. So, so I'm not a kind of technologist by background. I, I sort of started in tech publishing. So when I left university, I wanted to get into publishing and got a publishing job at Pack Publishing, which, uh, you know, I started off as an editor. So I was working with lots of different sort of technical authors, thrown in at the deep end, really. So dealing with a lot of like complicated technical topics, even though, you know, I was sort of a few weeks out of a kind of English degree. So yeah, thrown into the deep end. And then over time, I sort of moved more into marketing and I sort of really got more of a handle on sort of different technical topics, not necessarily from a technical perspective, but from kind of thinking about different communities and kind of what they're trying to do with different tools, uh, how they identify what matters to them, uh, what they're interested in. I think having that broad perspective. So like I said, I wouldn't, I'm definitely not a specialist and I definitely don't kind of have a in-depth knowledge of any of these technologies a lot of the time, but I think I do have quite a good sense of broadly sort of how different communities kind of fit together and yeah, who's doing what and what people are interested in. Um, so I was, I was going to ask, actually, how did you sort of what was your sort of entry into the industry? Like what was your sort of background from kind of getting into this field, I suppose? I guess just always writing. Um, I was in Spain, gosh, I guess 10 years ago, and someone reached out to me from Smart Planet, which was a CBS entity that got kind of absorbed by ZDNet. And I was the innovation writer uh, for Smart Planet uh, for about Spain. So innovation in Spain. And then from there, it just fell. And I've always just fallen back into journalism. I have never taken a journalism class. It doesn't usually come up. Every once in a while, my editor is like, mm, and then mm-hmm. at the new stack, uh, I've been writing for the new stack for about six years now. Uh, I've written for a lot of other tech entities. I think it's just... While I'm not great at translating in languages, I'm good at translating the business value and stuff. So it comes quite easily to me. And writing is always something I've fallen back on, even when I was editor of my university paper. So I don't think you need a degree. And I think it's actually a difficult field to have many degrees in. I know some people with masters and doctorates, but they also have a lot of debt because, well, journalism doesn't pay that well. But on the other hand, tech journalism usually does because there's a definite gap. There's a massive area 
in marketing and journalism and tech writing and developer advocacy, where we are finding more and more, especially as our audience goes from B to C to B to B and our audience is more developers, that we need to be more engaging and we need to find new ways to engage them with authentic branding and authentic messaging. So I think there's definitely ripe for the pickings. I've not had issues finding work. Work finds me. Of course, I'm sure you get all those horrible LinkedIn. Do you need more leads? Let me give you leads. And I'm like, no, I'm not looking for leads. No, I'm not actually a business. I just want to be a sole proprietor. I don't, I'd rather partner with people like you, Rich. And then we trade off and do different things over time instead of building a large conglomerate. Because I think what we do is unique. We have unique voices. And that's one of the fun things about tech journalism is we get to, in tech marketing, we get to define and translate the value for a broader audience. And we get to help tell other people's stories and the technology story. So it's really fun, but mm-hmm. I guess it's a bit quirky and a bit hard to describe even myself because when people ask, I don't think most people know what I do. Even my husband's like, I don't know what you do, which is fine. It's okay. As long as I can pay bills, it's fine, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I enjoy life, which is better than most people. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think as well. I mean, I think if it's hard for kind of people like us to describe what we do, then, you know, that's probably also a symptom of kind of the industry as well a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And sort of describing, especially as you kind of go sort of further into infrastructure and you sort of start talking about developer tools as well, then it, you know, it does get quite complex, but also invisible as well. I want to also just talk a bit more about where the idea for the podcast came from. Maybe over the last few years, you've obviously had a lot more scepticism and backlash towards the tech industry. And I think a lot of coverage has started to move into the mainstream media. So you've had a lot more interest in all sorts of quite technical topics like AI. That sort of meant that talking about this means that there's so many different contexts in which you can sort of talk about the tech industry. So you mentioned developers. Obviously, that's a huge community to talk to technology about. But at the same time you could easily switch and have to kind of think about well how do we sort of talk about this technology with say our investors or with kind of the public at large like how do we kind of manage expectations how do we manage kind of concern so I think feel like there's a lot of tensions between different contexts and different communities that we want to talk to that makes it quite interesting quite a difficult challenge I was kind of interested to get your perspective on that as well kind of these sort of different communities and different audiences for technology. Tech touches everything and everyone. So there, of course, will be different communities that come up. APIs are actually at the Supreme Court level right now in the U.S. And the government has to legislate. So we need to be educating the public because the public doesn't understand. Like when last year, or maybe it was two years ago now, uh, Facebook was in front of the U.S. Congress. And they're like, so They were asking Mark Zuckerberg, what's the difference between Twitter and Facebook? And that was insane. Hilarious if it weren't real. Uh, But the whole idea is that everyone needs, has greater stakes in technology, especially when we talk about privacy, especially when I think seven out of the top 10 most expensive companies in the world are tech companies now. After Saudi oil, the next five are the fangs, you know, your Google Alphabet, Uh, Facebook, Microsoft, etc. These are incredibly powerful people. And we haven't really had that before. And all of a sudden this happened, like Mark Zuckerberg's my age, I think. And look at how much power he yields, not only over our social lives, but over elections. 
So I think we all need to, there's a distinct demand that everyone has more transparency and more understanding of tech and the government's not going to do it. GDPR, we just click through, click through, approve, approve our privacy. It actually kind of makes our privacy awareness worse. So there's a responsibility if tech is building the future that we start explaining the future we're building. We start ex- just talking about repercussions, which is a large area I talk about. I talk about my area because I'm also a technical. You should see me if I'm trying to update something on my computer, or even Rich, you and I trying to get, why is the sound not working? But that's just the theme of 20 and t- 2020 and 2021 anyway, you're on mute. But yeah, I think there's just this demand that we explain our technology better, how it works, Everything, even if it's not open source, needs to be open source mindset where you're explaining more. You can't keep it secret anymore because that doesn't help anyway. No one else is going to be able to build it the same way you do. It's still a language. So everything I write is different, same same as everything that someone codes should be different. And we need to get past that. But that doesn't mean there's not friction. Like, I don't think, let's be honest, we're in multiple crises. And what it comes down to is the first people that are going to get cut are still us marketers in technology. I guess that could be in any field, but certainly in technology, there's a constant friction that companies don't really understand that they need. So I definitely find I, I never lack for work, but it ebbs and flows quite a bit because people are like, oh, we don't need marketing anymore. Oh shit, that's hard. Yes, we do. Because most people can't explain their tech well. And that is a necessity in the world we live in. I think it is quite hard to sort of get people to talk about their own tech, sort of, especially as marketers, giving them the sort of tools, but also the framework to like think about their technologies. And it, it is sometimes quite surprising how rarely or kind of how difficult people do find it. So yeah, so yeah, like you say, I think it does sort of prove its value. Um, the other thing that I also wanted to talk about in terms of the idea for the podcast was was really sort of getting people to like focus more on their own work and what they bring to it and sort of what it means in the context of the industry so actually the, the tech industry is uh, really good good for that so especially in terms of developer culture open source communities people really love to talk about their work and kind of why they do what they do how they go about doing it all of those sorts of things and I think you know there's a lot of value to that to sort of really reflect on sort of how you build things and why you're doing it and I think I, I kind of wanted to bring that to sort of another corner of the field, I guess, and kind of get people to think about why they're doing what they're doing um, and kind of how it connects with everything else. I think that's totally true. And I agree with you that developers are very proud of their work. And we're seeing definitely communities in the tech marketing sphere, like tech writers are very well organizing and as well, our developer advocates are the biggest hot new job. But we don't actually see a lot of organization around tech marketing. I don't even know if there's an event, but if it there's no, te- there's no tech event, can it be a real thing? Does it exist? Is it like a tree falls in a wood and no one, woods and no one hears it? <laughs> can we exist without a tech event? But I think there is definitely a lot of imposter syndrome in the tech marketing space because we often aren't from marketing or we aren't from tech, we're from one or the other. That's where developer advocates are very interesting as a nation field. But maybe we need to, as a community, just speak up more about what we're doing. And maybe there should be two tech conferences because there are two very different fields. I think there is quite a strong tech marketing field for around uh, products and B2C. But then if you're talking about 
communities and developer audience. There's a lot in the developer advocacy space, often around the big products that ha can have Microsoft, I think, had 700 people in their DevRel team they talked about. That's shocking and that's very new, but obviously it's working. But for smaller businesses, it's still they're still struggling to find the budget and the time to commit to marketing. So I think there's definitely a lot for the tech marketing community to talk about. And I hope we can contribute and facilitate those conversations because as tech storytellers, we should be also tech marketing storytellers and facilitate those stories. So I think this will be a really interesting podcast because we won't be doing the talking that much, but we'll be doing a lot of questioning, which is what good journalists do. And we will be learning from other people and their stories and hopefully provide career advice and how to navigate what can be quite a toxic place as a woman. And I can't imagine a person of color, how toxic it can be and how unwelcoming when you're kind of okay because, oh, well, you're in marketing, that's okay. But still I've had multiple clients I work with for years that pay me, you know, what I get paid. And then they still need a white male, middle-class or middle-aged white male branding consultancy to come in and rewrite the website, but they don't actually rewrite the website. They just rewrite the headlines. And then I'm still rewriting the website for the price I'm doing. So why did they get paid that much? Because they're shiny, white, and male. I don't know. We'll see. There's plenty of things to talk about. Uh, and I think there's a lot, hopefully we can help provide you the audience with assistance from other people's experiences. And hopefully you'll also start sending us questions. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a really good point. You, you sort of already mentioned kind of talking about complexity and how you go about that. So how do you kind of learn that? That's something I'm really interested in. I mean, what's your, what's your kind of perspective on that, I guess? I just ask a lot of questions because I've never coded a day in my life. So when we talk about complexity, I want to hear not just from my clients. I want to hear from their customers. I want to hear their stories and their struggles, because I think it's really important that we can find a way to explain everything we're doing, because otherwise tech becomes that locked box that no one knows what it's about. And we disengage from it and we just give it so much power, mm -hmm. which tech has a lot of power, but we need to, it's clear we need to reel the power back in a bit. Yeah, yeah. And that actually kind of brings you on to kind of some of the other topics. So things like kind of contentious issues. So around like privacy, AI, AI bias, things like that. And actually, I think it's kind of communicating complexity that that sort of is, is the crucial part of understanding these sort of problems and sort of finding a way around them because I think a lot of the a lot of the sort of problems with sort of privacy and technologies wider impact is from like things like hype and kind of misunderstanding or disinformation even about sort of how something works what something does how sort of powerful something actually is kind of how impactful something's going to be it's kind of all, all that confusion kind of perpetuates these problems so I think being able to communicate to people and communicate them in the right way so they know what they need to know that's really important um, so as well as that uh, you know, I also want to talk a bit about uh, something you touched on as well is sort of communicating between different sort of stakeholders. So obviously, I, like I mentioned earlier, you've kind of got 
there's a big role being played by investors in really sort of shaping the whole industry, especially kind of in Silicon Valley, but also kind of how you communicate to the public. So the people that also matter, I think if you're a shareholder, you probably do care what what kind of the public think about your technology. Obviously, that has implications for like policy even. I think also talking to different types of people and then also talking about products and communities and sort of how you manage that relationship. So on the one hand, sort of talking about the features of a product, making a product really exciting, but also doing doing so in a way that kind of cultivates a community around it because, you know, you're not selling consumer goods. You're not really selling commodities. These are a lot of products depend on kind of communities for their success. You can have a great product, but if you don't kind of cultivate and engage with a community, then, you know, what what's the point at all, I guess? That's really interesting. And that, to be honest, that's something I don't have a lot of experience in. I think I've always sort of thought a lot more about writing and copy, but I think thinking about storytelling more from a sort of community management perspective is a really interesting aspect that I think we could all learn a lot from. I mean, have you had much experience of that? What's your sort of understanding of that and what sort of questions do you have about it? I think for any open source project, they've had it for a long time. And then now any product that's reached a certain level has a Slack community because that's what's expected, especially after the last year we've been on. This wild ride of 2020, we've become Slack addicts, as it were. And we're all burnt out from all these Zooms and Slacks, but they are still the way to go. So you need to do that. I think one of the most interesting areas that we don't talk about enough is the marketer's role to go across silos, especially in smaller organizations because there's a lot of siloing. The salespeople are worried that they don't want to give away the their secret sauce too soon. I think there's a very strong argument that a marketing person can be a cross-silo function and should be, especially in a startup, because you really, if your audience is developer, or if you're just trying to recruit at all, because there is a recruitment marketing role as well for all marketers and all startups and all scale-ups, is that you need to get everyone involved in marketing. That could be having everyone sharing your job, pro your job opening on LinkedIn and developers have every reason to be very suspicious and don't want to be involved in LinkedIn because they are spam. Or it can be just trying to get developers to write articles because they feel uncomfortable with it, but they're the ones that know the technology better. And then you help them polish it for SEO and for the general public audience. You work as someone that helps them tell their stories. I think there's definitely a very interesting perspective where marketing enables that cross-silo functionality. Marketing helps take the pressure off your support team and your customer success team because we will create an FAQ that is searchable so people can find that. There's so many different areas that you see marketing, which could include developer advocacy, which are usually embedded on product teams, which is great. Customer support can be part of marketing and tech. Tech writers, uh, documentation is super important. It is the number one thing a developer wants from an API they're going to use. And yet it's like way down at the end of the the product life cycle that they're like, "Eh, maybe we should update this documentation. Let's try to automate the updating as much as possible. But there are marketing reasons for that too. So I think everyone has a voice. And then of course, if a company is looking for funding, that voice also needs to be the CEO. So of course, there's a lot of ghostwriting in our field. 
there's a lot of pitching on behalf of someone else to speak at events, to go on these podcasts, wink, wink, if you're interested. And yeah, I think there's, it's a very interesting role to play also because the marketers tend to be the more outgoing on a special, especially on a technical team. And I think that puts us in a good position to bring people together and build more of a community, especially when we are in a remote first culture that still a lot of people aren't used to. So I think there's a lot that marketing consultants and tech can do to make it a better, more transparent culture and community. So I think we've got a lot of good stuff going, but clearly I think highly of myself. Yeah, I think I hadn't thought about ghostwriting and sort of pitching for people. And I think in a way that that kind of almost sort of reaffirms like the importance of this kind of podcast where you're sort of focusing more on, yeah, the people that actually do that, who often aren't that visible in the industry. You know, you've got kind of CTOs, CEOs, engineers, and and yes, I think kind of people in developer relations are sort of changing that. But still, I think the people that talk about it, um, and you know, may, maybe that's just kind of got to be the way it's got to be. And I think if you're leading tech, maybe maybe you kind of there's a reason why you sort of like that dynamic. But I think for those of us who are in the industry and we we sort of do play that role, I think it's still important to kind of talk about that and sort of flag those people that are actually involved in that process. I guess as you sort of mentioned, I think people are sort of happy to kind of have those skills when when they really need them, but they're quite quick to forget how valuable, not just valuable, but also kind of how hard they are to actually do right so I think I think sort of flagging that and kind of giving people a space to talk about that and to celebrate that is a really important thing to do so hopefully people will get that from this podcast Uh, this is kind of one thing we haven't really mentioned yet is as kind of marketers and writers you're kind of as much responsible for the changes in tech as the people building it if you can't communicate it it can't make an impact it can't be understood it can't be used so so you're you're kind of part of that ecosystem I guess Um, so understanding how that process happens how like hype works how like marketing actually works to kind of embed technologies in the everyday and kind of drive adoption all of those sorts of things I think that's really interesting and something that's quite often overlooked so yes I'd love to like be able to talk to some more people about that I think the other thing and you sort of touched on it when you mentioned imposter syndrome thinking about that relationship between kind of technical skill communication skills critical thinking skills and 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 in a way this is part of like a broader discussion I think about like STEM and things like that obviously in recent years there's been a real emphasis on sort of promoting STEM skills promoting STEM topics at like higher education level so I think I think there's still it's really important to kind of reflect on sort of how communication skills and these those sort of so-called like softer skills kind of really play a role still in that kind of STEM environment and that it's not one or the other, I guess. Oh, for sure. And especially if you were a founder of a business, if you're in the founder stage and the C-level of a business, if you're in series C round, series A or B, you need a CEO that has those communication skills. The CEO doesn't necessarily have to have the technical skills. They just have to understand how to explain the technical skills and the business. So I think definitely everyone can benefit from understanding the complexity of tech, even if you're not working in tech, because it's our privacy. It's everything. Tech is everything, our lives. But on the other hand, technical people could benefit from being able to express themselves and getting into the habit of being transparent, whether on social media or writing on the blog. 
I think these are habits, these are good habits to form on both sides, understanding technology and understanding how to explain what you're creating. Also, because it makes you a better developer. You are less likely to have technical debt if you use user stories and you are building in a pattern that is event-driven and understanding of the next person who will use your technology. So it's less lazy and it creates more stable technology and more conscious and you're more connected with the customer. So you're more likely to be providing them with the features they want and without putting them at risk. So I think it's definitely both sides, the technical and communication skills have a lot of room and are very welcome. And I think that's why developer advocacy has skyrocketed as a role and a role that now doesn't cost so much because no one's traveling because it was always the most expensive role in a company. So I think the developer marketing and the tech marketing space as a whole is really exciting and I'm looking forward to speaking about it. Yeah, definitely. And just just to end, I think the kind of final point that I sort of want people to think about and sort of learn from this is really, and I think you've maybe touched on this earlier as well, but to think about our role as like writers, marketers in sort of perpetuating like complexity and exclusivity and sort of what we can do to change that. So kind of almost coming at our sort of role in the industry from that perspective, I suppose, because I think, you know, that's kind of an active part that we can play in sort of shaping the industry I guess I think yes we are providing a service often to companies to entrepreneurs but it's it's sort of how you know we are in a position of maybe not maybe not kind of massive amount of power but we do have power to sort of sort of shape the industry and sort of change how it's viewed so sort of, especially outside of it as well. Yeah I honestly think we need to all while so many of us are consultants and self-employed we need to all band together in a way to try to make more noise as tech marketing, because we do have an important role to play, whether we are opening those lock boxes. And because tech is for everyone, it can't be exclusively for technical people anymore. Everyone has to use it. That's one of the things the UK government has done really well with government digital service. They made it from the start. If they were getting rid of paper forms, everyone there was no such thing as an edge case everyone had to be involved so i think that's the role marketing has to play to get rid of this exclusivity and this separation from these demigods of the fangs companies and we can do that i think that's really cool and i think if we do that together and work and i'm definitely a culprit of this at better explaining the actual value, better measuring what we do to prove our value, better tracking pixels and cookies, speaking GDPR, I think we're likely to have better stable jobs, better pay. We should be paying paid more and more confidence in asking for those things. And I think once we learn to measure and talk about our roles better, we're more likely to ask for more things and to have a stronger voice in the tech world. So we'll see if we can help do that a little bit there, Rich. Yeah, I think that's a really good place to end this first conversation. Now, before we go, um, Jennifer, where can people find you online? At JK Riggins, J-K-R-I-G-G-I-N-S on Twitter is probably your best bet to get me faster because that's where we all live. Okay, cool, yes. And you can find me at Rich G Gaul on Twitter. And you can follow this podcast at underscore talk about tech on Twitter. 
Uh, we're also obviously wherever you get your podcast, so Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else. Um, and you can also visit the website, which is Talk About Tech Podcast. Um, obviously, we hope you enjoy the rest of the series and we're going to have lots of really interesting guests over the next few weeks. Um, but if you have any questions, suggestions or you want to take part, just reach out to us. Um, we really want to hear from you. Um, we're really excited to do this with you. And thanks for joining us on this very exciting journey. Keep kicking ass, everyone. You're doing better than you think. <laughs>